You're listening to an interview previously recorded for radio broadcast. Hey guys, it's the Animal here, and I've got none other than Snake Sabo from uh, Skid Row. Dude, Snake, how you doing, brother? Animal, how are you, man? It's great to speak with you. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the air with you. I grew up listening, well, okay, in my early 20s. I was listening to Skid Row, had a band, and when Youth Gone Wild came out, that was just absolutely stellar because it reached out to so many people along with you know 18 in life and uh superman that album was incredible then you guys back it up with slave to the grind and just smash it in the face great job guys <laughs> oh man thank you so much you're you're very kind um you know what it, it, it's it's pretty humbling to think that all these years later you know people still can relate and and want to hear those songs i mean without Without those people, we, you know, we don't exist. And, you know, when we first were, were working on all that stuff, uh, every record for that matter, you just, you don't know whether the public's going to react or not. And, you know, you just, you do the best you can when you're in the writing process. And then when you're jamming in a room, working it all out, you know, you do the best you can. And you, you, you don't try to overthink it, but you also got to remain pure and dedicated to what your true heart and soul is so and we were able to do that we never played to trends one way or another and you know you kind of let the chips fall where they may and sometimes they fall in your favor and sometimes they don't and that's just the nature of the business and but just the fact that we're able to continue to create music and and still be out on the road you know we do over 100 shows a year pretty consistently um this year will be a little less because we're working on a record with michael wagner so we're trying to fit that into the touring schedule as well but it's uh it's a labor of love and that's such a cliche but it's god's honest the truth man we the band is you know been around for for 33 years now and uh it's you know we started in 1986 uh putting the band together and so to be able to sit here and still go out and play to audiences of all sizes and and appeal to uh, all sorts of demographics is really humbling to towards towards the audience. Exactly, and you know, like out here in Central Kansas, you know, when we start putting up the the flyers that you know Skid Row's our headliner on Friday night, people are like, "Are you kidding? How how did you get these guys?" I'm like, "Well, it's <laughs> all in who you know." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it, look, uh, what better place to be than, than to be headlining on a Friday night? I mean, you know, one of the things that I'm so proud of with this band is that we've never taken anything for granted. Uh, we understand the, the definition of humility, and it's applicable across the board with every bit of success that we've ever had. And like I keep reiterating, like it just the idea that we could still go out and play over a hundred shows a year and continue to make records. It's really, it's pretty amazing. And it's all because of the audience, you know, without them, we, we, like I said, we don't exist. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and you know, the, the nice thing about it is getting you guys to come out here. It, it, it shows that it is a love of music and, you know, it's not just about, you know, a paycheck at the end of the show. It's, it's about the fans and, People don't understand that. I mean, I'm a musician myself, so I know that when somebody comes out to see you, man, that it, it, it's it's you know not not to be cliche like you say, but it's kind of touching to know that there's that fan base out there that still want to see and hear what you guys got going on. Well, you know, it's the way I look at it, the way we all in the band look at it is that 
the people in the audience could have done anything that night, whether it's a, a Sunday or a Friday or a Wednesday. They could have done anything, but they decided to come see your band play. And that's an honor. Right. And I think it should be held in high esteem and regard, and then we do. We're aware every night that we go out that those people could have been anywhere else and they chose to be there to see us play. That is such a huge compliment. And we don't take it lightly. And and so we we go out and, and put on a performance that we, we perform as if it's our last. And you know what? We have fun doing what we do. We all get along so great. Having ZP singing in the band has been uh, such a huge boost to the overall enthusiasm and, and just positive energy. He's a guy that just reeks of positivity and he is as much a team player as you could possibly ask for. He's never been self-centered since he's been playing with us. It's always been about how can we make the band better, not how can I get my name out there more. Right. And that's that's big. And, and his ego is totally in check and he's always about you know, about going out and paying homage and honoring our history as well as cementing himself as the voice of the band. And so that's a, that's a tall order. But, you know, it's been three years now, and it's been you know, pretty amazing. We never argue, uh, none of wow. us. We have the time of our lives out there. We, on days off, we're, we're going to dinner together. We're spending, you know, we spend a lot of our free time together. And we're very, very close. And trust me, I'm not saying that uh, just for the sake of, of sounding, you know, whatever. I, I it's, it's the truth. And, man, uh, I, you have no idea the, the impact that has on everyday living on the road when you have that sort of relationship with each other. It's really something uh, that is just an absolute gift. Because it wasn't always like that, but it's like that now. And, and, you know, we tend to be very conscious of being mindful, living in the moment, and um, not to get all zen on you or anything, but it's, <laughs> it, you know, we're just great. We're, we uh, are very grateful to be where we're at. Well, you know, a lot of... A lot of uh... It's just a pleasure to work with. There's... Again, it, it, you, you find a guy and, and you have kindred spirit, uh, and it fits in with the rest of us because we, you know, Rachel, Scotty, and I have been together since the beginning, and we're best, we're brothers, we're best friends, uh, confidants, uh, psychiatrists for each other, the whole bit. And oh, yeah. Rob Hammersmith, our drummer, has been with us over ten years, and and he's just he fit in seamlessly. It was like as if the guy had been playing with us forever. And ZP came in, and he knew, like, when you audition somebody, you play three or four songs, or that's what you think you're going to play. Right. And turns out he came in, and he knew, like, 20 songs. And, and, you know, he grew up listening to the band, and he, when he was with Dragon Force, he would warm up to our songs and stuff like that. And so he's got great respect for our history, and uh, he... It, uh, shows that in every performance by going out and doing those songs justice. And uh, but he came into the audition and he knew like twenty songs. We're like, dude, you know more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was really a pleasure. Like he put in 
he put in the work for the audition and he continues to put in the work out on the road. And, you know, as we're making this new record, he's putting in the hours as well. And just, you know, he's got great ideas and he takes guidance really well. Um, you know, cause no one, no one knows Skid Row better than Rachel, Scotty and I. Exactly. And so his, his mindset is such that, you know, just lead, lead the way here for me. Awesome. And then he, he, it's just a case of him owning the music, you know, and he does that. He does that without fail, and then and, and then has great ideas on his own. So this whole thing, if I sound overly enthusiastic, it's certainly because I am. And, That's incredible, uh, man. There's there's a, a great. Uh, life force that's that's occurring in this band right now. Awesome. Well, hey man, let's take a little break, and uh, we're gonna come right back with uh, dude, Dave the Snake Sabo. What is every musician's goal? Tone. Cutting through all the who makes what is exhausting. Colossal Cables has put you and your instrument first by using only the best of the best so you can achieve the tone you deserve. The old saying, you get what you pay for, is no joke, but don't be price gouged by the inferior cables that loses tone by the foot. Colossal Cable has put the tone back in your hands. XLR mic cables, speaker cables, instrument cables. See their full line at www.colossalcable.com and take your tone back. All right, hey man, we're back with Dave the Snake Sabo, and okay, so I got privy to your guys's writer, and you guys are using Kemper modelers now. Yes, we are, man. The Kemper profiler is—I I mean, look—I <laughs> went kicking and screaming because I'm an old school guy, um, and I had been playing PV fifty one fifties and the sixty five oh fives since 1995 we toured with Van Halen and at that time Eddie was doing the 5150 with PV and he turned me on to it and I loved it right and I was working I was working with them for you know gosh up until well I still kind of work with them but probably I that was my my gear my head of choice when we went when we started doing uh, going out on the road and, and doing like two, three gigs on the, on the towards the weekend and then coming home and then kind of doing like the country guys do it. Uh, on the rider, we started getting the JCM 800s and the 900s. Great amps. Right. But they're, they're... They're dated. <laughs> well, I don't even, I don't, know, I don't want to say they're dated. I would say that they're not consistent between one and the other. Very temperamental. Uh, and, <laughs> Yeah, there's just sometimes you get one that sounds like the the like the first Van Halen record, yep. And then another day you don't. And so it was. It came out for me to be just to have something that sounds the same every night. And plus, we were doing demos at Rachel's studio, and and he got turned on to them from Michael Wagner, and Michael's a big proponent of them. And I was like, no. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and then the more the more Rachel and I would do the you know demos for the band, and we were we'd be writing, and then we'd go in and program drums, and you know just to demo up stuff so the band could hear it. But Scotty would call up and say, you know, the guitars sound really good. And then I was like, you know what? I'm I'm so uh, stuck in an old way of thinking that I'm not even giving this a chance. And so I stepped back. And I, I looked at it and I and, and sat with Michael Wagner as well. And we were like, he was explaining to me like all the benefits of this. And it was overwhelming, the technology. 
And being able to profile any of your rigs and stuff like that is is the most amazing technology that it, it should be like absolutely lauded across the music business as far as performing goes. It's just incredible. And I, I'm absolutely blown away by it. I've, I've had no issues with it whatsoever. I have the same tones every night. You know, the, the mains go out to the, to the front of the house, and then I have a power amp built into it. So I power a couple cabinets on stage because I like to feel the air move, and I still like that feeling. I don't wear in-ears, and I don't want to hear it coming through my floor wedges. I want to hear it coming through cabinets. Right. And so I get that that feeling of a tube amp and, but it's, it sounds exactly like the rigs that I've uh, profiled. And, and I mean, there's so many profiles out there and there's so many great ones, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's some uh, uh, people who author these profiles that just, I mean, it's, they got it down. The first week that I had it, we were playing upstate New York and they had a JCM 900 there and I plugged it in. I really liked the way it sounded. So we set up a SM57, and we profiled that particular rig and sat there and A-beat it, and you could not tell the difference. I defy anyone to hmm. tell the difference. And, but what the clicker for me was when a guy that was on the local crew, he was on the, uh, on the sound crew, came over with his mouth wide open like, what just happened? <laughs> like he was watching me do it. He's like, what just happened? I was like, yeah, man. Pretty crazy, huh? Like, the monkey business guitar tone took three days to do. The band left the studio. They're like, screw this. Right. And it was <laughs> it was just Michael Wagner and I. And we took three days until I heard what I heard in my head coming out of the speakers. Right. Now, literally, if we take an hour to get a guitar tone, that's a long time. Yeah. Are you using uh, Marshalls or... Yeah, yeah. I usually, I usually get the, you know, I prefer the uh, the ones with the the twenty five watt greenbacks in them, or or the thirty watt, either one. Right. And uh, I can get everything I need out of those, the squeals and the feedback and stuff. So, I got, I used the, I've used the Seymour Duncan JBs since uh, and the Hot Rails since uh, in since nineteen eighty nine. Right. And nineteen eighty eight, for that matter. Um, and I, I, I swear by it, but we just started a relationship with, uh, with Gibson and there's a guy there by the name of Jim DeCola, who was the guy responsible for Eddie's pickups in the, in the Wolfgang when they were at PV as well. Oh, as yeah. Center. And they just came back. Uh, he just came back to, uh, Gibson. And so Scotty and I started a relationship with them about six months ago, and they've been absolutely fantastic. Now, I picked up a Les Paul in uh, Les Paul Standard in, or a Rius 2, in, uh, in a Dublin, Ireland. And I literally, I stole it from this poor guy at the music store. He was great. And I brought it to the Gibson factory in Nashville, and Jim uh, personally like wound a couple of these Almaco pickups and it just sounds so sick. It, it, uh, this guy is very, very talented. Obviously, Eddie had him, yeah. you know, for for more than a decade. So um, I'm so happy to be working with him because he's just 
he took a really, really good sounding guitar and made it sound great. No, so, that's, that's incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I'm going to be working with them uh, pretty intensely over the, you know, for as ever long as they want to have me. <clears throat> so are you doing the uh, faithful no-no of putting a Floyd on a Les Paul? Well, no. I, I, <laughs> I have one. I have a 1971 uh, black uh, standard, and it's uh, I've, I've had it since 1985. And it, I, I got it at the music store that I worked at, and it already had the, the Floyd built in. Okay. And it's such a such a great sounding guitar, and uh, I used it all over both you know the first record and played it to the grind. And I haven't touched it in a long time, but you just you may have just inspired me to bring that out with me. Well, you, dude, please do, man, because you know, uh, well, you know, you remember Banshee from back in the day? Sure. Okay, they're opening up Friday night. Oh, that's great. Dude, yeah, and Terry's a buddy of mine, so you know, we've been talking, you know, back and forth here lately. And I remember the first time I saw them, he had this uh a black beauty that had a Kaler on it. And I went up to him and said, Dude, what you, I mean, I didn't know him from Adam and I was like, Dude, what are you doing? That's against the law. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, that's too funny. But you know, I mean, you know, I I, I like I don't like floating tremolos. I like you know stop tail pieces. You know, but me too, me too. And it well, I called Grover Jackson. I was like, Grover, I need a guitar, but I don't want it to be a floating, but I want it to have a Floyd. And he goes, What are you doing? An album from '82? And I was like, well, Yeah, but you're making money, so let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's great. But I like I said, I'm a gearhead, and I've gone through the Soldanos. I've gone through Marshalls. You know. I, I love them all, man. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love them all, but I can have all of them in one unit. And that's like, I was talking to Michael Wilton from Queensryche. Yeah. And he went back, and for, for all that stuff that they'd done on their earlier records, he went back and and, and profiled all of them, and it sounds just like those records. Man, and that's incredible. Just, it's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one of the really awesome things is, you know, this show in October, Rock and Q on the Plains, is going to be such a stellar event. We have so much going on, so many great, absolutely phenomenal bands coming. You know, Friday night we've got Banshee opening up the show, uh, then Head East, then you guys tear the stage up, and then Saturday night we have uh, Mickey Thomas with uh, Starship. Oh, my gosh, what a great singer. Oh, my dude. Pulled around, fell in love. I mean, Elvin Bishop got all the Elvin credit. Elvin Bishop, man. Elvin Bishop. Yeah, man. And then uh, Foghat's going to close the night out on Saturday night. Oh, man. So, you know, we got some stellar entertainment coming in for this thing. And, okay, don't let me down with this. We have a national barbecue competition going on that weekend as well. <laughs> so, not only are you going to be able to melt people's faces off, dude, we're going to have more barbecue than you'll know what to do with. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm a fan, so I look forward to it. You know, and, and this is going to be an annual thing, man, so, you know, I I can't wait. Cause, well, you know, my big my show, Big Hair Ocalypse, on Friday nights is an, the only locally produced Big Hair Metal show. Wow. So, well, good for you. Thanks for keeping, uh, uh, you know, our music alive. Well, dude, it's 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 my passion. I mean, 
I, I do a band camp here in Great Bend, Kansas with kids and I teach them classic rock and some metal and they go out and perform it. And wow, what a great thing, dude. And you know, I'll be sitting there. I'll, I'll be showing one, one of the songs that we do is youth gone wild, which, you know, we're not going to do at the October thing, but you know, we're doing it in September at an event out here. And I'm sitting there showing the, one of my kids, the guitar solo for that. And he goes, well, that doesn't make sense to do that. And I was like, why doesn't it make sense? He goes, well, in the pattern, it should go. I was like, dude, trust me. This is, this is not an algorithm. This is music. It works. You know? Yeah, man. That's the thing. That's the biggest thing because, you know, too many times uh, students will, will treat playing guitar like some sort of math equation. Yeah, this ain't and Rush. <laughs> I learned, you know, the, the two guitar thing from, from, you know, Dennis Stratton and Dave Murray and then Adrian Smith and Dave Murray, from Glenn Tipton and K.K. Downey, yep. from Brad Woodford and Joe Perry from Ace Freely and Paul Stanley. And then I learned, you know, all uh, other stuff from Randy Rhodes and, and Michael Shanker and Eddie Van Halen and Billy Gibbons and David Gilmore and Jeff Beck. And so you just, that's a great thing about music is that you have everything at your fingertips. You just got to seek it out. Exactly. And people don't, people don't get that. You know, uh, I had one student that, that wanted to learn how to play guitar and I showed them almost everything I knew in like two years. And they they can't carry a tune in a bucket because they don't have the passion. They right. can, they can play a guitar, but they don't have the passion. And I'm like, it, it, you're, you don't want to be a mechanical playing person. You want to play it with emotion and feeling. And yeah, you want to move people. Exactly. You you want people to feel what you're feeling, every stroke of that pick. Yeah, that's the truth. So awesome, man. Well, Dave. Dude, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I truly appreciate it. And like I said, man, I can't wait till October when you guys get out here because that's just, we're going to blow some people's faces off. Yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak with me. And it's, uh, it's always a pleasure. So I look forward to hanging out and seeing everybody out there uh, on that Friday night. Yep, October 18th, Skid Row is our headliner. And man, they're excited about the show just as much as we are. So it's going to be stellar. It'll be great. And uh, we're looking forward to getting back there. Awesome. What is every musician's goal? Tone. Cutting through all the who makes what is exhausting. Colossal Cables has put you and your instrument first by using only the best of the best so you can achieve the tone you deserve. The old saying, you get what you pay for is no joke, but don't be price gouged by the inferior cables that loses tone by the foot. Colossal Cable has put the tone back in your hands. XLR mic cables, speaker cables, instrument cables. See their full line at www.colossalcable.com and take your tone back. 